To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I feel in today's time, You're truly successful if a meme is based on you, Sanya Malotra. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSY over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit btsya.com. That's btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Sharonia, the host and on a monologue for today's shows. Today's show is all about the internet age and memes. And we're not going to have much of segments today because it's going to be me on a rant about the internet age and memes and how... Literature plays a big role in it, but also since Easter is here, I'm going to be talking a little about Easter. I was thinking about starting off with the history of memes, because I have a feeling we all know what memes are, but we don't know the history of it exactly. I'm sure all of us have seen memes clowning other people, but I think we should get deep on what they actually are. So, memes started apparently in 1976 by this British um, evolutionary biologist named Richard Dawkins. Now, you might be like kind of surprised. What does a biologist have to do with something that's raging the internet? So, he's credited for introducing this term in his 1976 book, The Selfish Gene. So um, Dawkins said that a meme was quite synonymous to a phoneme, which is the smallest unit of sound and speech, or um, a morpheme, the smallest um, subunit of a word that actually makes sense. So um, later on, the professor of linguistics at Swarthmore College, Kirby 
Conrad said, I'd like to explain the concept of a meme, a self-replicating chunk of information by asking someone about an inside joke they had with their friends or an advertising jingle that's been stuck in their head for 20 years. And that's quite common to now. I think we would still crack up at memes from 2015. And... Just depending on the text, we'll always crack up no matter what. Um, Sure. Dawkins was a very big biologist, but him coining the term meme is definitely something that greatly impacts today. And in French, the word meme, I might not be pronouncing this correctly. I take Spanish, not French. Translates to same. And the Greek word minumai means to imitate which is quite what a meme does. They use the same picture or video over and over again to show a relatable situation. So Dawkins, let's talk more about him, said they needed he needed a name for this new replicator. He needed a noun that um, conveyed this idea of cultural transmission and something that imitates. And he really wanted it to be a monosyllable. So he wanted to sound like Gene, because this book is all about Gene, hence the name Selfish Gene. And it could also be alternatively thought as being related to memory by the French word meme, which is what he said. Now, over time, the meaning of memes have um, obviously shifted. From what used to be a biological term, now it's like a term about an image on the internet. So let me actually tell you what the definition is for meme on Merriam-Webster. An amusing or interesting item such as caption, picture, video, or genre of items that is spread widely online, especially through social media. Now, what does it have to do with biology? Unless we're searching for biology memes to finally understand that test. So, um, Memes have become not only something to laugh at, but it's an expression, a cultural or um, social or even political at times. Those ones are kind of kind of controversial. And they're trying to express themselves. The creator of these memes are trying to express themselves through the medium of humor, hence the memes. So um, if we... Sharing this fact with you is kind of surprising because um, memes are such an important part of today's day and age because we've all seen them at least once. Social media is filled with them. And um, just, just when you have a good time, we all look for those memes that make us laugh. But it'd be surprising how many of these have actual deep meanings inside of them. Memes are now used from marketing tools to help new TV shows, uh, movies, entertainment mediums like songs gain popularity and it's just off a viral trend now since i'm talking about memes i'm going to talk a little bit about memes like not the history of it but about it so um memes are quite um tricky to make because for a good meme no like pop culture events are the main breeding grounds because pop culture is something that many people are exposed to. We all see it in those tabloids that we're not trying to read, but we see it on those headlines. And memes are just really important for those. 
And you know how in newspapers back in the 1990s, 1980s, there used to be that one big, there still are now, but I don't think we focus on them as much as memes. But you know how there's that one comic strip that everybody laughs at? It's basically that, but for the internet age. And that's what St. Hoax said. And St. Hoax is this very um, popular meme maker who has 3 million subscribers on Instagram. And he's made memes throughout um, a long time. And his representation is very, is depicted beautifully. And memes, he says that memes have to be shareable because What's the point of looking at something if you can't share it with your friends? What's the point if you can't laugh with your friends about this issue that seems serious, but it's taken in a lighthearted manner, and then you're forced to think more into it? So um, Samir Mizrahi, the deputy director of social media at BuzzFeed, um, actually runs a, um account called Kale Salad, and it's a meme account, and it has nearly 4 million followers. And he says that memes need to be shared very quickly, and it has to catch your eye. And that's one of the main ingredients in making an amazing meme. And this creating sharing memes facilitates a sense of community. And there's something unique about memes, but it um helps everybody come together. And that is what I'm going to be talking today in my segment, The Scribble. I'm just going to talk a little more about um, memes before I jump into what memes actually have to do with um writing. Now, memes are a very current thing. And as we know, not everything on internet age lasts for a long time. Now... The future of memes, that's something we should be thinking of. It would take a long time to dissect and go through every single meme that has gone through the internet. And there are always those few memes that just still pop out at us. Uh, one of the most popular memes, it still is now, is Rickrolling. And... Sometimes it would involve adding unexpected links to the music video for the singer Rick Astley's 1987 big hit, Never Gonna Give You Up. And meme culture, that's one of the biggest signs of meme culture. And LOL cats was such a big trend because it was a trend that included funny photos of cats and um, more text was superimposed on them. And it represented normal human emotions but just with cats and it was more exaggerated which obviously made it more funny so now i'll be going to writing and memes as i said memes are a community and i'll be talking about how writing is a community too memes are a very strong community you will see many um, subsections on social media. For example, on Instagram, you'll see hashtag memes, hashtag memes are great. And then on Reddit, there's a subsection called um, memes. And then there are websites dedicated to memes. And you might be asking, oh, well, memes are memes. What does this have to do with writing? P people who are writers have strong communities too. And it's important to be part of a strong community as a writer. Writing independently might sound like a good idea, but you have no idea on how you can improve. I'm part of this writing club right now, 
um, called California Writing Writers Club, and I'm part of one of those chapters. And then there are so many different places I can involve myself in, and I become a better writer that way. Actually, from there, I've learned one of my favorite methods of writing ekphrasis, where you take an image and then put it into words. It's so invigorating and so interesting to talk to other writers with different viewpoints, um, which are unlike yours. So, and just like I said, memes have this strong community. And since memes are so strong, we've, and then they have those um, little texting slangs like LOL or, um, I don't know, I'm blanking right now on texting slang, which which is quite um, sad. Or the KK or something like that. I'm right now blanking on texting slang. This, this isn't good considering the fact I use it every single day, 24-7. Um, well, we might be thinking, oh, well, what does that have to do with literature? It's literally shortened liter literature. But it's an example of one of the main, most uncovered, um, things about literature abbreviations and also alliterations are a big part of memes and I'll come to that later if I have time but abbreviations take up a big part of memes and are so important in literature and you might be asking wait why why are the terms like kk lol so important um kk is a derivation of okay and you might be surprised at the history of the word okay there's something so literary and everything on the internet age it's kind of alarming because okay was um was actually just coming from a mistake and i actually learned this in a ted ed it's um you know the saying all correct it was once um jokingly misspelled as oral cor correct o-r-l-k-o-r-r-e-k-t and that happened er around the 1830s now this little um misspelling caught on and the democratic party used um, these results during the American presidential can election of 1840. Oral correct, oral correct. Vote for the Democratic Party, who is all correct. And um, who actually described this? Because this is um, this is actually quite alarming. How one of the most used phrase comes today from politics, not only politics, but a mistake in politics. And Alan Walker Reed in 1960, who was a linguist, described this. The O from oral and the K from correct turned into um, this big craze into calling everything okay. So short, so sweet, got the point around and you can do everything with it. Now, how did it become KK? That's probably, See, like a story for another time because um, KK was just because people didn't feel like putting the O on some level. And it actually came from the gaming world, which is quite opposite to the literary world. And there were conflicting theories, but 
one of the main ones, it was a um shortened version of the 90s gamers expression, okay, cool, which was K-U-W-L. And going back to where K-U-E-W-L came from would be another jump back in history. And personally, I don't know that. So you know how you say K cool? It became short then to KK. And right now, at the rate we're going, we're probably going to say I was going to school one day and try to abbreviation ab- abbreviate that. But this is an important thing in history because abbreviations actually get the point across more effectively than actually writing the entire form. And I'm not saying you should be a lazy texture, even though I am. I'll literally write K to someone writing me an entire paragraph on their day. But but remember that abbreviations are a big part of literature. Now, I think I've ranted long enough about um, the internet age and memes, and I'll be going to Easter. Easter. I love Easter. Today, I was at school. Well, like a few days ago, I was at school. And um, they were handing out little Easter eggs, and it was the cutest thing ever because they had little... Um, toys inside of them some of them had glasses and I remember my first Easter um hunt it was quite sad actually I only got one because I thought it was mean to shove others to the ground for uh, eggs and but I always love Easter it's so colorful filled with eggs there's so many bunnies everywhere and it's just something that brings an entire community together. Although there is a religious background to it, personally, I think Easter and many other holidays that are often attributed to religion actually bring an entire community of people from diverse places together. And I think we remember Easter as um, this like commemoration of resurrecting Jesus from the dead. And, but it's become something that's slowly turned into commercial holiday and tries to bring new cultures into it. And I'll be talking to you a little bit about the um, history of why we hide eggs on Easter. Why not? Why not? I'm thinking about something you can. Why not? Why don't we hide flowers in crystal? I mean, in um, Easter. Because in many pre-Christian societies, eggs were often equivalent to spring and new life because spring is when all the um, new animals are born and everything and early christians adapted these beliefs and the egg became a symbol of resurrection and new life and the empty shell was the metaphor for jesus's tomb but now it's become something that you can put chocolates in and make a little scavenger hunt out of now I'm not going going to go back to the I'm not going to go back and tell you the history of everything that happens in Easter. But one thing I'm going to talk about is um some of the most important Easter symbols that you might be seeing around um in your community and why they're so important. Because I have a feeling Easter is one of those holidays we superficially know, and but never bother to learn more when it actually has such an intriguing history. So some of the most important Easter symbols are hot cross buns. Hot cross buns are so tasty. There's a song after hot cross buns. 
I played it on the recorder in third grade. It sounded very atrocious, but that's fine. But the hot cross buns are in Easter are marked with the cross to symbolize the crucifixion of Jesus. And lilies and other flowers with white blossoms represent purity. I think Easter is very important because um, it not only brings the community together, it brings every single kid together and kids are represented as pure and that's what lilies and other flowers with white blossoms especially represent then um little like chicks um or baby ducks anything they represent new life which is very important because spring is starting and that cold hard winter is gone and now we finally have something to look forward to and Easter baskets. Don't even get me started on Easter baskets. Everyone loves Easter baskets. They come in with Ghirardelli chocolate, the best chocolates of all time. And they actually have a significant symbolism towards it. It actually also symbolizes new life, but... It's filled with so many stuffs other than eggs. It's filled with seedlings. That entire thing becomes a symbolism for a bouquet for new life. And Easter bonnets. We have all seen Easter bonnets. And it's one of the most important um, pieces of clothing for Easter. And it's a Christian head covering. It represents the tail end of the tradition of wearing new clothes at Easter. Because... The bonnet represents harmony, and it's not typical. It's not the typical eighteen hundreds bonnet. It's just a new or fancy hat, because something new has to come into a clothing piece has to come new into Easter, because um Easter is all about bringing new life. I'm sorry for ranting so long about Easter. I just love Easter mainly because of the chocolate and the cute bunnies, but. It is just so beautiful how we have tied together um, what used to be a really religious holiday to something that everybody can appreciate. And that's very important. And I think we should get towards doing that. But we're out of time for today's show. But as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Made the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be the Star You Are charity, visit bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. The future of um, the internet age, or... Easter is very tentative because slowly we're disbanding as a community. But I believe if we come back together, everything's going to be bright and merry again. And I think the sense of community will get stronger because not only Easter or the internet, we're all part of a community and that community makes us a whole. So always remember to speak up and speak out and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then... 
Remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.